the National Archives podcast series, dissecting and cataloguing medical officers' journals in ADM 101, presented by Bruno Papalado. Thank you for the introduction, Louise, and wel- welcome everyone to this presentation on dissecting and cataloguing medical officers' journals in ADM 101. This presentation will cover origins of the medical officers' journals, Medical, the Medical Officers' Journals collection at the National Archives, the arrangement of the journals, their format and content, cataloguing the journals, and searching the catalogue. The origins of the Medical Officers' Journals lie with the state provision of medical care to the Royal Navy and the formation of the Commission for Sick, Wounded and Prisoners, commonly known as the Sick and Hurt Board in the mid-17th century. The Sick and Hurt Board was tasked with organising the provision of medical care for sick and wounded seamen, the relief of dependents, of those killed in action, and the welfare of prisoners of war. The Sick and Hurt Board had the authority to grant pensions and gratuities to wounded men. In 1703, the Sick and Hurt Board proposed to the Navy Office that surgeons serving on ships keep a journal recording details of men taken ill or wounded and the methods used to cure them. These journals would become the basis for verifying claims made for disabilities arising from illness or accidents on duty. The main collection of medical officers' journals held by the National Archives, as I've mentioned, is in the record series ADM 101. It is important to note that within this collection, not every medical officer's journal survives. The journals consist of of diaries and journals compiled by surgeons and assistant surgeons of Royal Naval ships, hospitals, naval brigades, shore parties, and indeed on emigrant and convict ships. The medical officers' journals in ADM 101 are arranged in the following categories. As I mentioned, select journals of Her Majesty's ships, 1793 to 1856, convict ship journals, 1816 to 1862, Emigrant ships, 1825 to 1853. Cape of Good Hope and West Coast of Africa Station, 1859 to 1879. East Indies and China Station, 1856 through to 1880. Mediterranean Station, 1836 to 1878. North America and West Indies Station, 1857 to 1878. There's more. Australian Station, 1850 to 1880. Home Station, 1871 to 1876. The Pacific Station, 1856 to 1879. And last but not least, the Southeast Coast of America Station, 1859 to 1880. The format and content of the early medical officers' journals in ADM 101, as in this example for Her Majesty's ship Bellerophon, dated 1803 to 1804, can be quite basic. On a daily basis, they recall the names of those on the sick list, the nature of their illnesses, details of their symptoms and treatment, and the date of discharge of the patient, be it back to duty or to hospital or as a result of death. In this particular example, we get a very revealing picture of the health of the crew of a ship which one year later fought at the Battle of Trafalgar. Not only is it possible to find daily sick journals in ADM1, as the example we've just shown, but also diaries, like in this case, for the convict ship John Barry, dated 1819. Such diaries not only provide a fascinate, fascinating insight into the health of the ship's crew, convicts and passengers, 
but also a narrative of what happened on board the ship on a daily basis. Some of the early medical officers' journals do not follow a set format. An example of this is William Beatty's journal for Her Majesty's Ship Victory, dated 1805. Beatty was, was the surgeon on HMS Victory at the Battle of Trafalgar. This journal is not as complete as other medical officers' journals of this period. However, Beatty does record the names of casualties suffered by Her Majesty's Ship Victory at the Battle of Trafalgar, which detailed horrific wounds sustained by men fighting on wooden ships in battle. One surprising omission from Beatty's journal's casualty list for Trafalgar is its to its most famous and celebrated casualty, Horatio Nelson. Beatty was later to address this omission with his best-selling authentic narrative of the death of Lord Admiral Horatio Nelson. By the 1830s, the format and contact, content of medical officers' journal begin to become more uniform and consistent. The journals begin to contain detailed individual patient case studies recording a patient's name, age, rank, nature of disease, comprehensive details of treatment and cures and their cause of discharge. In this example from Sur Surgeon Thomas Bellot's journal for the con convict ship Havering, dated 1849, we find the sad, sad account of Mr Brennan, a religious instructor, suffering from delirium tremens. Bellot noticed that Brennan's conduct was odd and that Brennan was fretting on account of leaving home. The surgeon noted that Brennan continued in this unsettled and rambling state of mind from the date of departure, 8th of July, when he was placed on the sick list, until he had recovered on the 18th of July. During this period of illness, Bellot notes that Brennan was convinced he was going to be murdered and also that he was in an, in an inn or on shore. So concerned was Bellot about Brennan's state of mind that he con confiscated Brennan's knife and razors and posted a guard outside Brennan's door to watch over him. Together with these detailed case studies from 1837, you can also find in medical officers' journals sick lists which record details of all medical cases treated, no matter how minor. In this example of such a sick list from the medical officers' journal of Henry Mahon of the convict ship but Barossa, dated 1841, the following details are recorded about each case. Patient's name, age, rank, details of disease or wound, date placed on and date discharged from sick list and the reason for discharge. Also in these journals, consistently from the 1830s onwards, it's possible to find a section of, called General Rem Remarks in which the medical officer gives a general review of the state of health on board ship and other observation he feels useful to bring to the attention of the Admiralty. This could range from types of diseases prevalent, supplies of medicine, the facilities on board ship for the care of the sick, to matters of discipline. These general remarks can also include details about a country's climate. In this example, Thomas Bellet, the surgeon, the surgeon of the Havering convict ship in 1849, provides a description of the seasons of Sydney, Australia, together with details of what types of crops were planted and when. He also records the minimum and maximum weather temperatures in Sydney on a weekly basis. Who would readily identify a medical officer's journal as a source for studying climate change? From 1832, the medical officer's journals can also include some very interesting bonus material. In this example taken from the journal for the ship Albert, dated 1840-1842, there is a detailed report on the geology of the River Niger by the surgeon J.O. McWilliam. 
Together with a detailed coloured printed drawing of the River Niger from the delta to Eger showing the relation of sandstone to older rocks, along with drawings of the indigenous population. Certain medical officers also made scientific observations in their journals about wildlife they may have encountered on their journeys. For example, from the journal of HMS Samarang, dated 1846-1847, there are these beautiful watercolours of sea snakes found in the China Seas. And in the same journal to Flora, in this case the Cassia alata, the high quality and detail of medical officers' journals from the 1830s is due considerably to Sir Gilbert Blaine, one of the most acclaimed surgeons of his time, and King George IV's personal physician. Blaine was responsible for the introduction of the Gilbert Blaine Medal in 1832, which intended to be the highest honour bestowed upon any doctor in the, in the Royal Navy who demonstrated through his journals the most distinguished proofs of skill, diligence and humanity in the exercise of his duties. In June 2008, the National Archives was successful in its bid for a grant under the Wellcomes Trust Research Resources in Medical History Programme to catalogue the medical officers' journals in ADM 101 from 1793 to 1880. The key objective of this funded project is to catalogue fully, between now and March 2010, over a thousand journals compiled by medical officers of the Royal Navy between 1793 and 1880 so that we can open up this underutilised resource to researchers. This is a typical catalogue entry at present for a medical officer's journal. It only provides the bare bones of, of the document's content, which is the ship and, and dates covered by the journal. The new enhanced cataloguing of these journals will add to the document description, name of surgeon, in this case John O'Neill, and basic details about their content, in this case Illustrated Journal of Diseases on West Coast of Africa. Along with this information will be details of every medical case contained in these journals by folio number. So what does this mean for researchers? Researchers will now be able to, to search the catalogue in respect of ADM 101 for the period mentioned 1793 to 1880 by surgeon's name, in this case Thomas Bellet. This will establish how many surgeons', surgeons journals there are for Bellet, on which ship he was serving on, and when. Moreover, by viewing the detailed listing at item level, it will be possible to determine how many medical cases he dealt with, and by ordering the document, what kind of treatment he prescribed. It will also be possible to search by name of seaman, marine, soldier, guard, convict, passenger. In this case, in regards to Thomas Barry, we find a reference to him on folio 18 of ADM 101-119-1, stroke stroke which records that he was aged 36 in 1796, that he was a seaman, and that he had suffered a violent contusion of the back resulting from a fall, and that he was on the sick list of HMS St George from the 18th to the 30th of October 1796, where he was subsequently discharged to duty. You will also be able to search the catalogue to ADM 101, again for the same date, 1793 to 1880, by place name, in this case, Africa. Here you will find that there are 15 references currently to Africa, among which under ADM 101 stroke 148 folio 13 and folios 19 to 20, there are descriptions of interesting items found in the general remarks of HM Gunboat's Decoy Medical Journal. 
and these items are, for example, a colour track chart signed by the ship's surgeon John O'Neill, dated 1874, indicating places where men were invalided or sent to hospital with numbers attached, and places where a number of cases of venereal diseases contracted, and also general remarks about the presence of filari in crawl, a disease, among the natives of the west coast of Africa. You will also be able to search catalogue entries in ADM 101 by parts of the anatomy. <laughs> I've chosen skull in this case. <laughs> At present, there are currently two interesting references. Under ADM 101-26-1, there's a medical journey of, journal sorry, of convict ship England, which includes lists of convicts with a phrenological report on the formation of their skulls and their mental capacities. It's dated 1826. Under ADM 101-148-1, there is reference to a gunshot wound to the skull of a native guard, John O'Neill, the surgeon, who thought that the treatment of the case was such that it merited inclusion in the ship's journal, even though the man was not part of the ship's company. Colour drawings showing outer and inner views of the skull. So this cataloguing is bringing to life the, the presence of drawings and so on in, in the documents. You will also be able to search ADM 101 catalogue entries by the name of a d disease or by a type of injury. So in this case, phasiasis, which is a tuberculosis of, of the lungs, which reveals that there are currently seven references to, the, to this disease in ADM 101. What medical historians might find interesting is comparing the treatments of the cases dated 1849 and 1874 that this catalogue search has produced so that they can compare the kind of treatments that were given at different times and compare and contrast how long it took for patients to recover or not at the time. This concludes the talk, which I hope you have found informative and useful. This event was recorded live on the 28th of November 2008 as part of Catalogue Day at the National Archives Q. This podcast is copyright at the National Archives. All rights reserved. For more podcasts, please visit nationalarchives.gov.uk forward slash podcasts. <laughs>